Good morning to everybody online, our remote family. We welcome you, and we do consider you family, those watching online uh, through Facebook or the podcast, NordFMC.com. All right, so we were going to do part three of the parenting series, but God had other plans. We're going to just push pause on the parenting series right now. I've really enjoyed the parenting series because it's, um, I was learning as we went too. I thought it was really cool. Um, I find myself being more purposeful with things. Um, one of the things we took away was a parent disciplines, encourages, or teaches. And there are times to do each three, each of those three. I've been trying to be a little more purposeful about that. I tend to default on the discipline thing, so I'm backing off a little bit and looking. But again, this is just a pause. We'll come back to the series. In fact, um, there's a book I'm pick, I picked up right now, which I'm going to read, a good parenting book that's really been recommended to me. And in fact, what we're going to do then is get a bunch of copies. Someone actually wants to donate a bunch of copies uh, anonymously. That's the word. Anonymously. So that what we're going to do is y'all can have copies of this thin and easy to read book. It's a cool, uh, so it's a really revolutionary book. I'll get a hold of the material. And then uh, we'll work through that. That's something I feel like God was doing. So, it's ironic. It's not ironic. That's a stupid thing to say. Um, I show up here and Steph starts talking about something that is exactly what we're going to talk about. And of course, well, Thanksgiving was just... No, we're going to talk about gratitude today. And if you know me, I don't feel like I'm a a slave to holidays at all. In fact, do you notice I miss Thanksgiving totally? <laughs> and then I put up that little thingy. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about gratitude. I truly believe God wants to talk about this. There's been some rumblings and shakings. Um, I don't decide. I believe he does. So let's go ahead and look at the book of songs, which we call the Psalms. If you can't see that, you might be able to. They might actually be able to see that this time. Psalm 100, four, verse 4 and 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Because, for the Lord your God is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So here's the thing. When you enter, there is a necessary posture. I assume everybody here listening, there or here, we want to get to know God better. We want to live lives with God. Otherwise, why would we be here? We've chosen, we're the 1% of the world or 3%, I have no idea, that are literally going to say, you know what, I don't want to wait until it's over with. I want to live life with you. And God says, okay, 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 here's how you do this. When you come near me because I'm, I'm good, but I'm great and I'm Holy Father, this is how you do this. You, know, you always got to check yourself at the door. So when you come in the first layer of things, the gates, you do that with a thankful heart. I promise you there's things to be thankful for, giving away my message. And if you want to get even closer, you enter in with praise. There's an attitude of gratitude that is missing from so many people today. It is unbelievable, and it is everywhere out there. All right, I'm going to stop playing with my sleeves. I know it's a thing. I know you all pick on me about that, especially the women. (laughs) It's come to my attention. So now they're rolled up tight, okay, tightly. So listen, <laughs> I could go off about that. But um, listen, guys, in, any relation, in a relationship with anybody, this is important. But I believe we're going to realize that it's not only very important, but it is like necessary by law that God lays out, and it will absolutely lead us to our best lives. So enter your gate. Okay, here we go. Remember, this is a time of kings and queens. At the center of all this stuff would have been the throne, right? You would have had courts, and what surrounded the court for the king? The gates. So you want to enter slight intimacy with God? You start with Thanksgiving. You, I mean, that's, that's number one. You look at the things. You know what Thanksgiving is. There's a lot to be thankful for. The cellular divisions going on in your body that you have no control over. What do they call those? Um, 
whatever, forget about it. <laughs> um, you're not making your heart pump. He is. He's the creator and sustainer of life. And when you realize that and step back from all the things you don't have and all the things you want and all the prayer requests that aren't being blah, 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 and you just go, whoa, I'm overwhelmed with thanksgiving to the God who created me and chose me and formed me. Have you looked at your circulatory system and DNA? I mean, come on, man. Really? All the different things that could have gone, but you're here? But you're here right now? Like, are you kidding me? You're beholding color and smells and do you have people you love that love you? What are you, nuts? Do you know what the odds are of that? You were born in 20-whatever or 19-whatever instead of 16, 15, 14, 13. You sleep in a bed. Listen to me. I don't care what you sleep in. You sleep in a bed that King Solomon didn't even sleep in. Do you understand that? A more comfortable bed than anyone on the planet before 1950. And you're just like, oh, but this Tempur-Pedic, oh. Are you kidding me, guys? And God's going, that's the posture because guess what? That's reality. That's reality. If you want to get even near me, it's with thanksgiving, and it's right. And then, of course, he says you want to get even closer, praise will come out of thanksgiving. Oh, that's good, right? Right, Steph? Praise doesn't, isn't fabricated. Praise comes out of the thanksgiving, the thankful heart that we have toward God. You ever notice, guys, listen, I know I'm busy up here doing things, but I remember back when I didn't have to do it. I remember when, well, I, I mean, I worship on my own. Yeah, there you go. I'll just do me in my backyard. When I get into a place of worship, Worship and, and thanksgiving kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Because once you start worshiping, you forget about that work week. And you forget about, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, wow, wow. It puts God right where he's supposed to be again. Huge and, and wonderful. And, and we're so grateful for you. You see, you see why he does this? And that will usher in an intimacy with God. I'll tell you something. Anybody right here, if anybody has the thought right now that other people in this room are more intimate with God, and I wish I had that, let me give you a piece of advice. This is how you become more intimate with God. You don't have to go another day with, well, it's for them. They're Jesus. This is the thing right now. You push past your uncomfortableness. You push past the fact that maybe you're a little tone deaf. No one cares. And you praise. There you go, Bill. <laughs> he gets it. Right? And you praise with a thankful heart. And the next thing you know, where do you end up? What did I do? You end up right there at the throne. I didn't say any of it. I'm just explaining what he said. Oh, and by the way, it does not say please. Right? Please enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. No, this is a kingdom. If you want to do things his way, you get what he, what he tells you. Okay? Right? Um, yeah. Well, there's so much to be grateful to God. His love endures forever. Oh, man. Anyway. Many times in scripture, whenever prayer is mentioned... It's preceded with a grateful heart and praise as well. And we talked about it. So, so keeping with this model, Jesus shows us this in the prayer that they, they say the Our Father prayer, right? How does it start? Father who art in heaven, in other words, you're, you're, you're above me, hallowed be your name. Thanksgiving and praise. Hallowed be your name. Do you see what I'm saying? You don't just go right into the supplication. Y'all know this. You don't just say, Father, I have a need. You go in with a thankful heart and praise. Father who art in heaven, hallowed is your glorious and wonderful name. Hallowed means kept apart, sanctified, holy, greater. Do you see? Even prayer begins with this very same thing too, guys. If you're, if you're not feeling int intimacy with the Lord, it might be a gratitude issue. Nobody's coming at you, dude. Just telling you. Just telling you. So, okay. We understand that, yes. One thing I always talk about like this is, is this. It's such a, someone told me it was like the tension on the wings of an airplane, which I'm not going to talk about lift versus drag and um, 
each wing left and right. Let's do that. I was going to get into auto <laughs> aeronautical engineering, but I'm not going to do that. Uncle John would have liked that. But listen, the tensions of the wing on a plane. You're flying, you've got equal tension on the left wing and the right wing, correct? Yes, it has to be that way. If one takes all the tension, it, it's not going to work. Figure this out the rest of your life. We serve Jesus, who intimately is absolutely our best friend, and in these moments is closer than a brother. Y'all know that. We felt it, right? We sing the songs, give me Jesus. It's me in my room. It's me sitting there drinking coffee if I drink coffee, and it's me and him, you know? But we also sing, unstoppable God, let your glory. And it's like, wait, both? And the answer is yes, both. And there are days when you're going to feel, well, what did you say about Rita? Uh, uh, Rita, she felt the presence of the Lord, right? Have y'all, have y'all had that experience with God where you just feel him in that room with you, right? But then there are those Grand Canyon ex- experiences, and it's, right? And we hang on to both of them. Gratitude, I believe, will allow you to have those, both of those things at the same time. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a hard thing to do. Certain churches will build great cathedrals and they'll have the unstoppable God really high and present. Other churches, not coming at anybody because nobody I don't think does it 100% right, right? And, and, and there's the reverence for the unstoppable greatness of God. But then there's other churches where it's, everything's okay. These are just suggestions. You're good. Whatever you want. The Bible doesn't really mean that. Uh, slippery truth and grace, right? Truth and grace. I believe gratitude will help us to walk out the balance of truth and grace. We are grateful for truth. We are very grateful for grace. Does that make sense? That was a new thought as I'm sitting here. I think that could be a big thought, Kirk. What do you think? (laughs) Okay. It's been a busy week and it's been tiring, but I want to say this. Sometimes it makes it especially hard to be grateful, but... Did I ever tell anybody? Years ago, I said something. This might just be for one person here. I started doing something to help myself stay grateful. Because point two is going to be this. Gratitude doesn't just happen. you gotta, you got to foster an attitude of gratitude. But can I tell you something? Some of you journal. And honestly, that's one of the healthiest things a human being can do, by the way. To purge things out and not let them sit there. And then go back and be reminded of the things God's done. I mean, honestly, if people, if people are lazy and don't want to do it, including myself. But when I did journal, it was fantastic. But can I tell you something? One thing that's helped me to stay grateful is every night. Now, you might remember this a few years ago. Especially if you're in a tumultuous season right now. I want to challenge you with something. Every night when you lay down, I want you to ask yourself two questions. This is big. What was my least favorite part of the day? And what was my favorite part of the day? This changed everything for me. Because here's what happened. Um, yesterday, my least favorite part of the day, I forgot my lunch. And I felt really nervous about the message and didn't know if this was the right message for everything. My favorite part of the day was upstairs with the kids playing with Melanie. And, uh, and then Alex said this. And then we were wrestling. And then he turned into Superman and then uh, okay you see what I what just did I looked at my least favorite part of the day and realized it was actually really tiny I looked at my favorite part of the day remembered all the beautiful details got to live it over again and put it in my long term memory do you think that's going to breed gratitude and can I tell you something every time I've done this my least favorite part of the day really did it just shrinks my least favorite part of the day sitting in traffic and that light went three times it was really inconvenient at the time oh but my favorite part of the day my grandkid got him a lap whatever whatever right What do you think comes out of that? Gratitude. But that's a discipline. A disciplined heart 
fosters gratitude. And a disciplined heart doesn't, I'm, I'm way ahead of myself here, but a disciplined heart doesn't pretend bad things don't come. A disciplined heart puts them in perspective in the lens of gratitude. Let's go to Philip by the Philippians 4, Philippians 4, 4 through 6. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Remix, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to, evident to all. Because God's near. You gotta understand this. The Lord's near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Does anybody bake or cook? Yes, y'all do. Ready? What happens if you leave a piece of a recipe out? Right? And you know what's interesting, too? The individual pieces of a recipe don't work sometimes on, on themselves. Anybody take a teaspoon of baking soda? Yucker doodle. Right? Anybody ever eat baking chocolate? Don't do it. It's a trap. Anybody do that? I was like eight years old, and I remember, I was like, oh, chocolate, she's holding out on this man. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I'm in it now because it's all through my mouth. <laughs> this, guys, is a recipe. Don't be anxious about anything. That's the way everybody else does things. Your mom, your dad, your sister, your cousin, okay, all that. We know that. But in everything, here it goes. Here's the recipe. Prayer and petition. Thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. We have another slide. Let's see what we get when we bake it in the oven. And the peace of God, which you won't even understand, will guard your heart and mind in Christ. A little of this, a little of that, put it together. God guarantees this is what's going to come out of the oven, guys. But so many times, back one slide, please. So many times, guys, we'll do the prayer and petition thing, no problem. We'll present our requests to God. And you know what we forget? Oh, it's as important as yeast to bread. This is good, guys. This is a recipe from the Lord our God. And we can't leave it out. We can't leave it out. So what is this telling us? Who here thinks that God's systems can be thwarted by human beings? Any hands? Anybody online? Like if you put a seed in the ground and there's water and there's sunlight, it's not going to grow, right? No, that's a system that's in place, right? The sun is going to continue to, well, do its thing. The earth is going to continue to go around it. We're going to have seasons. You all agree with that. We all agree with that. But understand that. This recipe right here is as binding as sun up and sun down. Because God said it. And he also said, let there be light. Do you understand what I'm saying? These are just wor these are words. Do you get this? And so a lot of times, guys, if we don't have the peace of God, which transcends the understanding that man has, if we don't have it, it's not that you're not praying enough, sweetheart, dear. It's not at all. It's you're missing the ingredient. Well, I don't feel like very grateful right now. Okay, okay. Nobody cares how you feel. Nobody cares, right? Well, it's true. What? Am I wrong? Obedience is obedience. What did I say? Love is not a feeling either. Love is a choice. Gratitude is not a feeling. Gratitude is a choice. So nobody cares how you feel. And in fact, if you will, oh, this, don't you understand this is taming the flesh that the Bible talks about? You will feel grateful if you've chosen to feel grateful. Don't wait until you feel it. Don't wait till you feel it, you guys. So it is right an essential part of our lives to, uh, to obviously uh, to be grateful. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Let me show you, though, however, I'm building up a case for gratitude. Let me show you in the New Testament what we, what we have. Um, let's do the next one, please. I'm just going to skip over that right now. That's, that's, so this is Luke. He's writing a secondhand account of this. Oh, there we go, Brian. All right. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Yeshua traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going to the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Yeshua, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said this. He said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. This is Luke 17, 11. 
One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back and he praised God in a loud voice. He even threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. This guy was a half-breed, quote-unquote, a Samaritan. Jesus asked, whoa, were not all ten of you cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this, this non-Jew foreigner even? And this, my friends, is backed up what they say in uh, the Old Testament where it says there's nothing new under the sun. This behavior does not shock God. This behavior is all around us. We live in a time, human beings, where, yeah, gratitude is missing. I, I, know, I, know, I know I said that. But can I tell you something? The first time I read this with thoughts of the fact that Jesus is a real person, obviously, this is history, doesn't it break your heart a little bit? Can't you just empathize? Whoa, 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 weren't 10 of my kids just, really? Only one of you came back to thank me? Can I tell you something? I want to be the one that comes back and thanks him. I really do. I really do. And yes, we talked about this is how we develop intimacy with God. Yes, we talk about this is part of the, the recipe that gives us the peace of God. But even beyond that, guys, we sing about the love we have for Christ, and we do have love for Jesus. This is part of loving him, too. This is not an impersonal God we serve, right? Right, guys? He has feelings. And I have a feeling that, you know, gratitude, it's not just a law. It's, it's a God who has feelings, appreciates gratitude, and he deserves it. God has moved mightily in our lives. Can I tell you something? I'm just going to, you can get mad at me if you want to. I'm going to tell you that I have been, I've been in this seat. This is all a metaphor, of course. I've been in this seat for, I think, seven years now in full-time ministry. Everybody's in ministry, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I'm just telling you this. I face this way. That's all I'm saying. I face this way. And can I tell you something? This very much happens today. This very much happens with, uh, I'm just going to let it go. The marriage hits the rocks and, 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 and the people end up and then and you run to God and he does what we ask him to do. And then life just kind of gets busy and we kind of just wander off. And I, I, I've seen it so many times, guys. And not just in like this room necessarily, but a mighty need comes up. It is met mightily. And then they just go away. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I'm trying not to be too specific here. It used to really bother me. Can I be honest with you? It used to really bother me. In the way where, not about me, but in the way where it's like, didn't you see what he did for you? And you can't even be bothered to, really? I mean, you know, you always said, if God would this, then I would... And he did, and then you're not, right? The foxhole prayers went out. The mortar came in. You got saved. Really? And I reminded, it's just like the lepers. I got my need, man. I got my need. I got through that whole situation. It was the darkest hour of my life, and I'm good now. So, you know, Packers are playing. There's other stuff going on. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not even talking about church. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people with Christ Jesus. It happens all the time. And dear God, I don't want to be that, you guys. I don't want to be that. So let's get into the actual practical thing. Gratitude takes time. It takes effort. We have to fight against several things. Number one, does anybody know what the rule of declining returns is? Okay, fine. The rule of declining returns is this. In the gym, Shaner, you know, we can do an exercise. You see some gains. Keep doing it. You'll stop getting gains. You got to switch it up and do something else. Here's how it works in the daily world. You could be sh shot off, teleported to a beautiful tropical island. A year later, you'd be bored of the tropical island, which was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. The rule of declining returns. He was so handsome, and, and now I'm just bored of him, okay? It happens in every area of your life. It's so exciting to fly in an airplane, and you're like, 
Uh, I don't want to fly in airplanes anymore. Everything declining returns. This song I love. Ugh, I got sick of it. It's the same song. What happened? The rule of declining returns. Oh, this church is so amazing. No, I'm just telling you. I've been there too. The music is awesome. And, the and if we're not careful, this will happen with us having intimacy with creator God. I don't know why it's in us, guys, but it is. Do you remember when you first heard that you could be saved and made right with God? Do you remember that, dude? Come on. Do you remember hearing things like God put together our, my marriage or healed me when the marriage didn't come through or, or just, right? Do you remember that, the excitement? Wait, my family? Like, and the rule of declining returns happens. It absolutely happens. We gotta watch out for that, you guys. The, the magical, the mystical, the amazing becomes the mundane if you're not careful. Just understand that, you guys. The second thing you got to look out for, the greatest enemy of gratitude in today's world is, ready? A sense of entitlement. Oh, you're going to get it today, guys. <laughs> ah, listen, some of you have lived in other countries and can understand this. This is a huge temptation. No one's talking smack about the greatest country on the planet. I believe that is the United States. I'm not doing that. But... With good times, with prosperity comes entitlement. Do you understand that? And entitlement is, is, is Thanksgiving and gratitude's number one enemy. If you feel like you deserve something, the last thing you are is thankful for it. Well, of course I got it. It's what I should have. And God says, enter my courts with thanksgiving and my, right? With praise, gates and courts. Entitlement is the greatest enemy. Absolutely of that. Let me tell you something. We live in a place where we have a million channels to entertain us, or, or worse, we've gotten away from cable because now we have so many options with these other things, we just use those. We have everything we want at the touch of our fingertips, right? And we have, we, you know, we look toward the homes and this sort of stuff, and, and we think to ourselves, we're told this, ready? We're told we deserve a well-paying job, a happy marriage, two healthy children, you know, two and a half car garage. And a question I want to ask you today, I've asked so many times is, who told you that? No, no, no. You think you deserve a healthy marriage, don't you? Who told you that? Healthy kids? A spouse that loves you? The big house? Guys, who told you that? Did God ever tell you that? This is unpopular, so I'm going to really push it. <laughs> I felt it. Dude, years ago, I wrote this message the first time, and I literally was like, yeah, what? wait, who told me I deserve to own my own home and drive a nice vehicle? Because I believe I do. I could pass the polygraph and tell you I deserve it. But who told me that? And you know what? It was never any reliable source on this planet. Because when I lived in other countries, they knew they didn't just deserve any of it. They understood hard work. They understood gratitude. They understood things like this, right? If you believe the lie that you deserve these things, especially you young people, you're going to just take it all for granted. And I'll tell you one other thing as we're looking toward closing down is this. We know nothing material that we feel we deserve will ever truly satisfy us. And if we think we deserve it, we're going to continue to work for it, move toward it, move toward it until we get it. And then we're going to get it and realize it doesn't fulfill. It's a vicious, vicious cycle. And again, you ready for it blows the whole thing up? Do gratitude. To realize, guess what? No, you don't deserve it. Do you really think you won the cosmic lottery because you were born? Okay, okay, what are the reasons why you think you deserve the, the two-car garage, the 12 acres? Give me some reasons, guys. Is it because you live in America? Good for you. Oh, wait, you didn't do that. All right. Is it because mom and dad worked hard, so you think you deserve it? Good for them, not you. Give me reasons why you deserve this. 
I'll tell you what, there are, there are stones of bitterness in some of, your, some of y'all's and mine streams where we felt like God didn't give us what we deserved, what we wanted, when we wanted it. And if I could be mean for a second on the counseling table, I'd say, who told you you deserve it? Well, everybody else had it, and I see everybody on my Facebook, and I see those announcements. Nobody told you you just naturally deserve this. That root of bitterness is there comes from entitlement. Can I, can I push this a little bit? Can I push this, maybe get some people healed? This is so what happens, guys. What do we actually deserve, guys? In my prayers, I try to remember day one. I try to see clearly the scarred and broken young man that Jesus died for. I try to make sure I remember not knowing what happens when I die. Does anybody ever remember that? Closing your eyes going, a little bit of fear, not really truly knowing. Maybe that's just me, but that gripped me at 17 years old, trying to figure out who I was in the world and realizing in the spiritual realm, I had nothing and no idea. I'm in real trouble here. That's what I realized. If that's not your story, God bless you. That was definitely my story. I remember the dysfunction that was my only thing I knew. I remember I had a ceiling in my life over who I was. I remember my addictions, my anger, my view of myself. So getting back to the house, the car, the wife, these material things when I say, you know, entitlement, here's the beauty. We do not deserve these things. Understand that. But we don't have blessings because we deserve them. We have them because God is good. Do you understand that? Gratitude takes your eyes off you and onto the gift giver. There's this pastor I listen to, a heck of a preacher. His name is Robert Morris, and I've actually followed him for like 12 years. Um, He's really developed just a humility, and I I really enjoy it. He's at a gateway church. He was telling a story I was listening to yesterday because my venison came in, so I had to go pick it up. Did y'all know I got a six point this year? Oh, did I tell you? It was a good shot, too. Did I tell you about that? Oh, okay, okay. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> I didn't show the picture still. Proud of me? Um, so I was going to get my well-earned venison. And um, he was talking, and this guy, he's a, he's a teacher, and it's a huge church, blah, blah, blah. He struggled with something. I'm going I'm to hit you from a different angle. Because notice I try to do that, touch on all different spots. I don't know what's keeping you from gratitude, but this is. And he said, he used to really struggle. He used to ask his wife, why do you love me? And she'd be like, I don't know, you're nice. And he's like, well, what if I stop being nice? And she's like, uh, you're a good dad. Well, what if I stop being a good dad? And it's like, I kind of poked in, like, yeah, he's got a good point. <laughs> like, I felt like I interrupted the conversation, like, yeah, what do you say then? And so finally he was like, no, but why do you, why do you love me? And the wife's like, shut up, go to sleep, okay? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. So, and then he goes on to like, well, why does God love me? Why does God love me? And one guy finally said to him, after all these years, he finally said this. He goes, you know, I just struggle. Why would God love me? Why? And the guy goes, oh, that's easy. That's because God is loving. He loves you because he's loving. He loves you because he's love. Oh, so it's not about, not about me. No, it's who, who he is. Gratitude takes your eyes completely off of yourself and onto the gift giver, right? That Subaru that, nah, but still gets you around. Thank you, Father. I don't deserve better. But when I do get better, because every good and perfect gift comes down from above, gratitude. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even with the love he gives us. One last thing on this, we're getting ready to close it down, is this. Remember when the Jews were coming out of Egypt? We are to look at the, the, the children of Israel and we're to realize that the way God interacts with Israel is the way he interacts with us on certain levels, okay? I don't want to get into the grafting in and all that. But watch what happens, ready? The Jews are coming out of Israel. They believe they deserve freedom. You all would agree. Optimus Prime said, freedom is the light of all sentient beings. <laughs> oh, that was the nerdiest thing I've ever said, but it was fantastic. 
Um, okay, so they're coming out of Egypt. And do you know what happens? They, okay, let me, let me tell you this. This was an exodus. Something goes down, right? And a severe punishment hits his children, right? Do you remember this? They had to wander the desert for 40. Okay. Do you understand what actually God was most upset about? They make an idol of a golden calf. And they literally say the words, this is our God who brought us out of Israel. But that didn't actually upset God that much. Do you know what actually really upset God the most? Go look at it for yourselves in Exodus. It's the grumbling, murmuring, and complaining they did on the way out. Do you know that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you bring us out here to die? Well, there's no... Oh, boy. That, that went into a Jewish accent. I didn't mean it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. There's no food. There's no... Right? Exactly. The grumbling, the murmuring, complaining. Do you know why you grumble, murmur, and complain? Because you feel entitled. And I want to say this. I'm not, I'm not repeating myself. I'm saying it bothered God more than when they gave glory to an object. Grumbling, murmuring, complaining bothered God more. In fact, that's when God uses the verbiage. He says, your people, Moses, remember? <laughs> Which I thought was funny. There was no evidence of gratitude for all that God had done in their lives. They were punished for it and kept from the land they promised. That's very, very serious. Gratitude is the vehicle that brings us to God. We get in by that door and we come out of that door to the king. Now, let me show you what gratitude does in a person's life before we throw it down. I'm going to tell you my story. At 23 years old, I was touring in England playing music, trying to make it, and uh, I realized I was lonely. I'd like to be married at some point, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was starting to lean my life against Christ Jesus, and I looked at what a husband was supposed to be, and I realized I wasn't it. I was praying for this amazing wife, but I realized I was not an amazing man, if anybody could ever have humility and understand that. And I knew I didn't deserve it. Because of that, because I realized I didn't deserve it, my prayers went from, God, bring me a wife, God, bring me a wife. I realized this, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to be obedient to you and become the man that you'd have me to be, right? So I started to yield to God and ask him to start helping me to be a better man. <clears throat> and because I knew I didn't deserve it, I knew that God was, was good. So that's the basis on which I asked him. Get it? Ah, I didn't hit that point. I asked because of his goodness, not because I deserved it. There's a different style of prayer. Father, I don't deserve this, but I know you're good. Will you bring me a wife? In other words, this all hinge and pivots and, and rotates and orbits around the fact that you're a good, good father. There's my faith. That's faith, right? Okay, anyway knowing I didn't deserve a good merit in the future. So I yielded it to God in gratitude, and, that, uh, and he made a way for me. And I remember when she walked down the aisle, this was 10 years ago now, 10 years and a couple months, and I was so grateful to him for her and, and, and how he commanded us to do things and, and, and doing things his way and giving us the strength to do that, that we would have a shot at a good marriage. I've never been so grateful. I'd never been so grateful because I realized, sitting there, I didn't cry during the, the wedding. I teared up during the rehearsal. There was so much to do and things like that. I felt a ton of responsibility, and Dad had passed away before that. That was right here. I mean, like a year before. And you know what I mean? So my family was just fractured. But I remember she came over, and I saw her. And can I tell you something? The thought I did not have was that's what I deserve. You, you know what I'm trying to say? I actually felt there's gift. Do you understand that? I didn't work for the, There's the gift. And we went on our honeymoon, and we did a lot of it was the final Harry Potter book was out, right? And you were reading it? And uh, we're sitting there on a beach, and I'm bored because I don't even need to be entertained. I don't know if you notice I'm a high-energy guy. <laughs> and I'm bored. And I just remember looking back and just realizing, like, without a doubt, this is layered in gratitude because I took my eyes off of me. I'm sure about this. Fast forward 10 years, 8 years, 7 years, when the marriage gets a little rocky because they all do. I'm no saint and neither y'all. Okay? And you know what I realized? 
if she's God's gift to me, you better work that. You don't get to throw away a gift. I wouldn't have seen it that way if I felt like I picked her up. If I was good enough, if I did all this, I would have been able to cast her aside. But if she's a gift because God's good, gratitude stays there, I got to do the work. I got to absolutely do the work. So then we want to start a family. We are in Eben's hearth. I remember this like it was yesterday. You'll probably see AJ red face three different times in my life. Once when I asked her to marry me, and the second one when she out of nowhere spinjitsus me and says, we're sitting there and I'm thinking about wings and should I get the curly fries or the regular fries? I'm jazzed up. I don't know if you know I like chicken wings. And I was going to not be cheap and get a mound of them too. And so I'm like, chicken wings, chicken wings. And, and, and she goes, so when are we going to start a family? I'm like, oh, 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 left arm went numb. Left arm went numb. I was like, what? It's seriously, insta sweat, which you won't see. Red in the face. Like, what? was <laughs> Not even English. And she's like, well, we had discussed. I won't do my impression of her. We had discussed and we said that after a few years of being married, we would start a family. I'm like, yeah, that's true, baby. But, uh, baby, 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 how about them wings? Can I get ice water and some ice? <laughs> I just remember that. Well, unfortunately, guys, we, 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 we did. We got pregnant. And right away, we lost that pregnancy, as you know. But you know what would have crushed me in that moment? Father, we deserve a baby. Guys, you follow me? We deserve this. God, what are you doing? I've done this for you. I stopped doing that for you. I'm not like everybody else. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Would that not have killed my faith? I never would have gone in the gates, never would have gone in the courts. Because you didn't give me what I deserve. So, listen, we made it through that one. And then we got pregnant with twins. And we had a heartbeat with one of them and lost it virtually in front of our own eyes in Burlington. And you know what would have killed my spirituality and hers? Father, we deserve this, right? Or we deserve a marriage without this. Or, you know, but glory to God, we didn't keep that posture. We didn't. We realized walking out of that Burlington Hospital that God was as good as he was walking in. He's still that good when we came out. And then if he chooses to give us good and perfect gift, that is awesome, but it's about who he is. And so we started to sit, and I've told you the story before. We printed out his word and we prayed it every night when she got pregnant. Well, before that, actually, before she got pregnant. And then when she did get pregnant, we, we stood on his promises. But you know what? The promises didn't give us Alexander and Isabella. No. Us, me sitting there being Mr. Husband who says, no weapon formed against the show. No, that didn't do anything. All we did was focus on his goodness and walk in Thanksgiving. That's all we did. Do you understand that? You can't say, good job, AJ. You did it. You did what most husbands wouldn't do and knelt by her. But who cares? All we did was say, God, you're good. Here's gratitude. And he held us. By walking in obedience in that recipe, it held us through some of the hardest things we've ever been through, guys. Absolutely ever been through. And so now we're grateful for Alex. and his, Alex was celebrating his five-year birthday today. And I look back at that heartache, guys. I look back at the false starts. I look back at the times when I didn't have the answers to the prayers and realize this. If gratitude hadn't been there, we never would have gotten to here. Because let me tell you something. Gratitude will give you unnecessary wounds that turn into scars and bleed. Do you understand? We, he'd, maybe he'd be five because God is good. But I wouldn't be this person right now. There'd still be rocks and roots and bitterness inside of me. Because I would have thought all along, you didn't give me what I deserved right? I deserve this, God. So I'm going to shut it down. I know we're getting, uh, it's getting in there, but 
Unlike the Israelites, guys, let's refuse to forget the life we had before. Let's refuse to forget the blessings we've had. Back in the Old Testament, if you read for five pages, you will see, and -and so-and-so built an altar. What? They piled up stones and gave it a name. You want to know why? I refuse to forget what God has done in my life because that will lead me to an attitude not of gratitude and it's a downward spiral and I will lose intimacy with God. So this week, guys, honestly, it's not about Thanksgiving and that's just ironic we had a holiday called Thanksgiving. I feel like God really wanted us to check ourselves in this and to choose an attitude of gratitude. The house is going to come. The baby will come. All these things that we want, you guys, this, the next marriage, it's on its way. It's on its way. You can't make it come any faster than you can make a New York City subway come. But you can choose the posture you have while you wait. Do you understand? And God is saying, if you do this, the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. What's, what's it guarding your heart and mind from? You. From you. From spinning out and going crazy. I don't want to keep... Uh, you, yeah, you, if you're sensing that, Kirk. All right, I'll shut it down. <laughs> The last thing gratitude does for us, it helps you take care of the stuff you've been given. Go out and look at my truck. My kids were just, uh, we just did a Thanksgiving thing. I've kept my truck clean. Why? Because I know it's a, it's a gift from God. If you value what you have and you understand it's gratitude to God, you'll take care of what he gives you. Amen? Well, that got everybody in the room. I get you. Go clean your garage. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So let's look for gratitude, guys. In every circumstance, there's always stuff to be grateful for. That will take out that entitlement. You are not entitled. We have hope in the future because of the Lord our God. So this week, examine your heart and just kind of listen to the things you say and think, okay? And I think you're going to find that your biggest disappointments in life are tangled right up with a sense of entitlement. So let's sing only you. Let's bring it back to the Lord. Thank you for joining us online. We really do love you and appreciate you. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Have a great week.